Hi, I'm Chris Grimm, founder, coach, principal consultant of ARIA Consulting. For 24 years, we've been serving leaders and their teams around the world. This podcast, which I wanted to call The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, but it's called And Then I, is nothing scripted, nothing fancy. I promise that we'll be talking about successes and failures. It's the gold, I call it, that you find um, only in real stories with real leaders in real time. With that, I invite you to sit back, uh, soak up the wisdom here of these everyday superheroes. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Chris Grimm from RA Consulting, and I want to welcome you to the first in our series of chats with real leaders talking about teams. Uh, I'm very, very excited to get started, so I won't talk about myself. I'm going to pass the baton to uh, one of our senior consultants, really my partner in crime, Karuna Merchandani, also has been our customer, so she's going to add more wisdom to this conversation uh, than you can imagine. And if you've experienced any of our online self-paced training. She's also the voice of ARIA Consulting. Uh, so um, with that, Karuna, I'm going to pass it over to you and then we'll get started with our awesome humans that we have with us today. Thanks, Chris. Uh, I am so excited to kick this off with two gentlemen that I've had the pleasure of working with and knowing for uh, a bit now. I don't want to say how long because it'll just age all of us, so I'm not going to say that. But I want to start with uh, Azat Aslanian, who is um, a wonderful human, as Chris was saying, co-founder and CEO of Tech Holding, which is a boutique consulting firm here based in LA. They do a lot of software development uh, for Fortune, major Fortune 500 companies and on and on. I can go on, but I won't. But he has an interesting past. Um, he's been CTO of Access.com uh, that I think used to be the ticketing platform for AEG at one point. Uh, also prior, uh, he was uh, VP of engineering at uh, MySpace, uh, which is where I had the pleasure of working with him. So we've got some fond memories of MySpace for people who actually remember or know what MySpace is. So blast from the past. Um, and, uh, and, you know, he's got such a long resume that I don't want to take too much time, but he is incredibly experienced uh, leader in, in the engineering field. And we're just thrilled to have him here. And his partner in crime, uh, Vimal Savalia, who also is an incredible human, who is the other half of Tech Holding, co-founder and CTO uh, of the software company. But Vimal's experience also is in, in the engineering world. Uh, also, I believe he has experience at Westfield and Access.com and various startups like Science and, of course, MySpace. So uh, I'm thrilled to have both of them um, and can't wait to get this conversation going. So great to be here. Yeah. Thank you so Thank much you for, for having us. <laughs> thrilled to have you guys. Yeah. So I want to just tell everybody uh, and then we're just going to talk. Um, we have identified at ARIA Consulting um, that there is definitely a gap out there in the leadership development community around team leadership, uh, teams in general. We feel like what we're finding is that um, teamwork has changed uh, over time, but yet the education and leadership programs around teamwork um, has not changed. Do you like that? My dog just completely got I happy. What was going on? Um, you can leave that in, Gus. People need to know real work from home issues. Um, so if it sounds like a drum, it's her tail hitting the bottom of the couch. Um, anyway, so teamwork has changed. We thought, let's have a real conversation because we don't know that the best way to do this is just to change the curriculum in leadership. We thought, let's talk to leaders about it because I think that's the best way for 
Um, I'm not going to say young leaders, frankly, because I actually think all leaders have the same challenges right now, which is figuring this out. Um, yeah, so I wanted to open up the conversation to the two of you and maybe talk about this. I know you have uh, contractors and employees. You work with teams, your customer teams, but you've both come out of engineering organizations where you've been leaders. And agile, of course, I know is only one methodology around teams, but maybe you know, talk about your experience around teamwork and how you think it's maybe changed or is changing. Um, I'll take some of it and probably give, Bamal can explain a lot more. Um, what I'm finding, I mean, we still have the same challenges we were having um, working in an engineering team. Um, it's just now with COVID and work, everybody in our team works from home. It just added more complexity to the puzzle. Um, so we, I, I for years have always tried to build the best team that I possibly could. And then solving the problem was just, you know, if I had a great team, I knew that they would be able to <clears throat> resolve the problem that we had. And we continue to try to do that. Uh, when COVID hit, the people that were with us from you know the past, they knew our company culture, they knew the way that we did things and how we supported each other and how we supported our clients. So working from home for them was not a big change. Where I started seeing some issues was um, when we hired new people, we didn't have that company culture um, with the new people and they weren't all sitting in a single room to work with other coworkers to raise their hand and ask questions and whatnot. So some of those challenges are becoming more apparent and we're trying to do different programs to, to be able to solve those issues, especially with the new uh, team members that are joining in the last, I would say from approximately August to now, I mean, we're a small company, but we have added probably 30% um, new team members in, in those uh, last like five, six months. So oh, wow. that's where we see some of the challenges. And, and, it's, and it's not just their fault, it's we don't know them as we would if they were all sitting in the office with us as well. So, you know, the problem is on both sides. So we're trying to uh, find solutions around some of that stuff. Um, the other thing that you mentioned, Chris, with agile and processes and whatnot, I mean, we do try to follow a given process in a client side. So the process is always different for every uh, client. Everyone is on agile. I mean, or everyone claims they're on agile, which is fine. I mean, agile can be so many different varieties. So when we go in, we try to learn the process that they follow and we try to follow that um, as much as possible here and there we will make improvements and help them and we have some clients that we do process consulting with as well to try to put in um, new and improved processes into their development. But um, having a process and having open communication with um, the client and our team members definitely helps. Um, we try to, when we have a new client, we try to bring them on to um, either a shared Slack environment, or we'll bring them onto our Slack environment 
it's a very open, I mean, we do have some private channels for HR and Vimal and I and some biz dev stuff, but it's a very open um, Slack environment for us. So, you know, all our team members and our customers can talk to each other. They don't need to, you know, a client doesn't need to pick up the phone and call Vimal and then Vimal call the engineer and go back and forth. They can just Slack the engineer that's working on the problem that they're facing and get it resolved ASAP. They can see conversations we have with each other. They can see conversations we have with other clients. So it has become a very open uh, environment for our communication. Um, but, you know, I still, it's, it's one of the key things that I constantly think about and try to figure out ways to improve um, both for internal teams as well as with uh, clients that we work with. Yeah. I don't know them all. I talk a lot, so you have to jump in here and there. No, you covered uh, quite a bit <laughs> on this one. So I, I'll just kind of, I think, and just sum it up all uh, the things you mentioned. I mean, the key part I would say, like, and he mentioned culture, as I mentioned, like the culture, how important that is. And that's the core pillar we want to go after, right? And we want to build a team around it. And team has a different structure with the leaders around, which is supporting them. But the main thing comes is like, do we have the right leader at different level, starting with Azad, myself, all the way at a different level, do they believe in this culture? Are they promoting that culture within the team? Um, that's that's where it, it all starts. And again, culture can be different for different organizations. We have our own kind of values and what we are going after. But the other key uh, pillar, a key role they have to play, and including us I, I, and other leaders in our organization as well, the team need to trust each other, like their leaders, as well as the other people. And the trust is very important thing. Uh, how we do this, and I'll, I'll add some of the things that Azad mentioned, we are very transparent to our team members when they come in. Like it, they know every month or every other month, whenever we have kind of some sort of company-wide meeting, we talk about all the ongoing engagement. We talk about what where we are going, what are the new opportunities we are bringing in, how the projections look like, and we go into a great lot of details. So it's not a surprise for any team member. The second aspect, and this is the trust that comes in again, right? We build the transparency, transparency, transparency brings us to the trust kind of, hey, okay, now I see this thing. We, as Azad mentioned, we are open to kind of having all our employees talking to all our business kind of partners and everything because we trust them. And this trust goes all around, like the clients, our employees, us, kind of everyone kind of in a one big uh, distrust pool. And it has actually worked. I mean, a lot of people say like, hey, you should not be doing this or you, don't, you should not be sharing certain level of details. But in fact, we think that's a power. That's actually better for us. Now, when we have, instead of just us, we are sharing some of the objectives, some of the details with others, they're helping us go to that level. And they're helping us like, hey, here's how I can help. Um, so I'm going back to like those two, three key pillars on the trust, um, how the leaders are going back to the, how we want to get the culture going there. Um, one key piece I, I would like to bring in there is like, of course, there's a top-down leadership. There is a bottom-up kind of addition-making process. And I think there is a good combination of both. You need to have a organization-wide, some of the top-level objectives we are talking about. But at the same time, that input comes from a lot of your key organization members, which is everyone in your team or everyone on your member. 
and they help you get to uh, that level. So that basically combination of those works great. I mean, they need to have a voice in those decision-making process. Sorry, Azad, I actually dragged you a little bit more on that yeah, one too. Fine. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, it was really great. I, I love that. Let me ask you guys, how, how many people do you have now? Uh, 112 as of today. We had a new employee start today. Congratulations, number yeah. 112. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Never thought it would be this big. <laughs> I, I know. I remember when it, you were saying, oh my gosh, we're 30. Oh my gosh, we're 60. Yay for you. This is so exciting. Um, but Los Angeles and in India, you have people and where else do you have people? So we have um, LA, which is our headquarters. Uh, we have, and I don't know exact numbers on this, but probably about 55-ish mm-hmm. in LA, 50, 55, um, about 60-ish in India and in our offices. We went to India in December of 2017, we had just opened up the company. And I believe like January, February of 18 is when we opened up the office in India. So that is now our biggest office. We, um, forever we were heavy LA and smaller in India. And in this last six months, we focused a lot on hiring in India. And then uh, we have a couple of people in London. Uh, We were working on a um, Harry Potter project um, and they came they hired them w- with that for Warner Brothers um, and then as that project ended they've just stayed with us um, their contract with Warner Brothers ends fairly soon so we are not sure as to what's going to happen with our team members but we'll figure out I mean that's mm-hmm. that's going to happen we know that it's a lot though I mean yeah. Yeah, can you maybe enlighten us a little bit? I mean, Karuna's actually even, I, I don't know, Karuna, if you stay up with it, but um, what what is it like to stand up tech teams right now? Like, what's the industry like? And, you know, what are the challenges to standing up teams right now? Outside of, you, I think you shared with us earlier off camera that um, finding good talent seems to be a challenge. Yeah, so... Um... You know, when we started the company, um, we thought the hardest thing would be is to find clients um, and grow that. Um, and, you know, basically like four years ago, Bamal and I, four and a half years ago, Bamal and I were like, oh, we need to hire a salesperson so he can bring in clients and then we'll hire employees and, um, you know, the cycle will continue. We're still having that argument, by the way, we still don't have a single salesperson or a um, an account executive in the company. So it's, if you look at our company, it's Bamal and I, we have three product managers, five project managers, five UX, um, I believe four QA, and then everybody else is a software engineer. Mm. Um, we have some technology leads that end up in our client sites and they become that somewhat of the account executive, but that's not their job. They're hands-on software engineers. Um, And we're actually starting to investigate again, hiring in a um, sales executive and a team under them to continue to grow the company. But for us, it's always been, you know, the clients have come through friends. Um, The 
you know, somebody will hear that we're doing this work for Warner Brothers, they'll call us and we'll end up doing work for another company. And it's just grown like that. Um, you know, no like outgoing, outgoing marketing or anything like that. So it's all been organic. Wow. Um, whatnot. The biggest challenge that we have is, and this is both here as well as in um, India, is just finding really good um, technology and uh, project managers and product managers. Um, Chris, from many, many years ago, um, you gave me a book, and I can't remember the name of the gentleman who wrote it, but I do remember the book. It's Trusted Advisor. Yeah. Um, I tell pretty much every team member in the company to read that book mm. um, and, and explain to them why it's critical for us to become that trusted advisor for our team members, our uh, clients. And, you know, that's how we grow. So trying to find mm -hmm. engineers, and I'm going to talk about engineers, but this applies to every, um, every type of employee that we would hire, who has not only the technology capability, but also that ability to become a trusted advisor for a client is critical to us. And it's just hard to find. Yeah. Um, yeah and I mean, I think we all kind of know in tech, you know, salaries have gone higher. There is every company is becoming a technology company. And I, you know, when we were working at Westfield, uh, I kept telling them uh, that you're just a technology company in the real estate business. You're not a real estate company doing technology. And that applies to kind of, in my head, at least it applies to, mm -hmm almost all companies, they're a tech company today that's doing something, you know, whether it's pharmaceutical or whatever it ends up being. Uh, tech has become that integral um, part of every single company. Um, so yeah. But so there's a lot of companies that don't get that. There's right. so many companies that still don't understand it, you guys. Really, I feel like they're all getting there. Um, it's just, some are going slower paced than others, but it feels like everyone is slowly getting into the mindset that, hey, we're, it's like technology first and technology will allow us to innovate faster, get to market faster, you know, get it done cheaper with less people and on and on. But it's an investment that they have to make up front. And sometimes it's hard. Um, it's expensive. We're expensive. <laughs> right. So, right. So I see it all the time. I'm curious, Azat, you know, uh, as Chris was talking about standing up tech teams, and you mentioned it uh, at the beginning, where when your challenge also is bringing in new people during COVID times, right, and getting them integrated into the culture of, of, the, of, the, the, of, the, uh, of tech holding, how, and you said you've implemented, you've tried some stuff, I think, I think it would help, I'm curious about what kinds of things have you implemented to kind of have employees be integrated or feel like they're part of it, right? You talked about having Slack be an open environment in Zoom and I kind of want to yeah, talk yeah. about Zoom fatigue and Slack fatigue because I'm certainly hearing that and I'm sure you guys are, but yep. I'm just curious about what are sure. the kinds of things that you guys have done to help facilitate that and kind of- Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I hear it and I, feel 
the fatigue all the time. I mean, I first thing I do when I wake up in the morning, I check my Slack messages and it's like, oh my God, I'm overwhelmed. It's like it's a lot all throughout right. the day, all the way to before going to bed, basically. Um, so we um, have done uh, online events with the team. So we were very different and it was becoming a little bit hard pre-COVID, but we kept doing it. We had a monthly dinner with every team member, both here as well as in India. Um, when we were 10 people, it was easy. You just, right. you know, get on resi, make a reservation and go. <laughs> when we were like 35 in LA, it meant somebody had to book a room. It wasn't just, you know, do it on open table or on resi um, and coordinate and get everyone out. But we, because as consultants, we were in different companies at times, most of the time, and we didn't interact with each other. Vamal and I would go from company to company to see our team members. And then obviously they would come into our offices like one or two days a week, but they did not interact together as much as they, that, that we wanted them. So right. we had implemented, I believe it was like the last Thursday of the month or something like that, that we would do dinner no matter what. And it was painful to do it with 35 people, just the coordination, but we did it and it was optional, but 95% of people would show up because it was their time to hang out and have a drink and chat and whatnot. And that was a monthly thing. When COVID hit, obviously that stopped. And for a couple of months, we didn't, we didn't know what to do. I mean, we would do weekly meetings. We would send team emails to talk about how we were doing financially and all things. And we were very upfront. Initially, you know, we went from I believe we were like at 82 people. We ended up having 32 people or 33 people on the bench. And that was scary for us. And then as things started to pick up, we started to feel much more comfortable. And But we kept everyone informed. Um, so we started doing like online events. We did um, two-bit circus um, on a Friday afternoon where, um, you know, they would do like online puzzles with us and whatnot. Uh, we just reviewed a... Um, oh, Two Bit Circus is a company, right? They Two Bit Circus is a company here in LA. They they actually went from they have a beautiful arcade with food and whatnot, and we had actually purchased um, a package that we were going to go there in March or April, and I can't even remember. And then we so. delayed it, and delayed it, and delayed it. And at some point, we were like, "Hey, let's do it online." And they they were starting to try online, so we did it online, which was fun. Uh, no food, but still fun um there is we just looked at like another thing like that it's a magic show trying to focus they're they're in denmark it's two friends from denmark but they focus on technology and they do basic magic as well as entertainment and whatnot and we're scheduling that sorry i was getting a phone call on my ipad i have not come to you yet chris but um we scheduled Alex McGann and Denise Taylor uh, every month on a Friday. We're going to do a team lunch together. So we'll get lunch for everybody, awesome. the executives that we work with. Um, so Alex actually is going to kick it off on the 19th. Oh, that's great. Um, and it's 15 minutes for them to tell us what they have done while we eat lunch. And then 15, 20 minutes of questions, and then uh, they'll go away and we'll continue to stay online for 
that remainder of the hour just to spend time with our team. So we're going to bring in people we work with in different, you know, different executives that we work with so that the team members who are not on that client side would learn more about our different clients. So those are like some of the things we're doing. Um, you know, like Bumal said, we have the manager's meeting where we go into details of everything from contract sending to new opportunities to financial status. But, you know, every other month we have a both all, you know, company-wide, our India office, as well as our LA office. And we do it early in the morning. So it's like late night for them or like super early for us. Um, we talk about the same things. I mean, we completely openly talk to them. Um, you know, if a client is end or a contract is ending, try to explain to them why it's ending. Mm -hmm. uh, it's never been like anybody's fault or anything like that. Just projects come to an end at, at a time. And we've had two companies that have gone bankrupt. Mm -hmm. um, but also, um, you know, new opportunities that we're talking to and so that they know that, you know, there's opportunities. And I think th all those things, like it's just these little things that have helped put the team together. It is unfortunate. I mean, we hire people, ship them a brand new laptop from Apple and, right. you know, <laughs> ship them like company swag uh, from a different address. And, you know, you never like get in a in room and shake their hand and welcome them, welcome right. them on board or anything like that. But, and then we put out a, either an email or Slack message, you know, welcoming, welcoming them onto the team, but it doesn't feel yeah, we are still trying to figure out the best way to kind of cope with the situation. I mean, we, I, I mean, especially if I can cover the area, like we, we are very familiar with the distributed team, like where right. that, that's the nature of our business, right? Yep. Where we have a U.S. office and India office. And in fact, that was a overall entirely new learning experience for us as well. Mm. Um, in fact, um, at Access, uh, I, I was Azad and we were at a similar kind of situation where we had a different team based in uh, different locations. There was a good thing about it and a bad thing. The good meaning like if you are trying to connect to the, uh, the team member at certain location, you either travel there, spend some time, uh, but you're connecting with them in a single location. At least they have their own leadership structure there. They have some support. Uh, they can go to other team members. That was a phase one, I would say, like where things kind of started going. And we were actually in a similar nature, but our thing was we were in a different country. So that was a, kind of the step one, we went there. With COVID, situation is completely evolved. There is no office and people are everywhere remote and they are not even in a single office. So now we are talking about multiple offices everywhere. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That has created a brand new problem. And in fact, all the things as I've mentioned, we are actually always looking for some good things where we can bring everyone together. One, I mean, the problem starts with the interview itself. We always, always used to meet everyone. Right. And kind of, we wanted to see, they know us at the same time, we can know them. I mean, that was always been what we wanted to do. Yeah. Now it's all on the screen, like how we are talking right now. Yeah. And uh, while it's great, it's evolving. Uh, it's yeah. still not 100% there, like where we can go and uh, we can have a just honest discussion face to face. Um, that's after that, like you onboard them you're still not meeting them. You're just sending them a package. Here is what you're going to get. Here's all the things you try to onboard them. Um, 
and of course, we're trying to evolve this just to make things better. We are still learning and we love to learn from other people as well, like how they are doing things better. But it goes end to end, like they've never met other team members, what they are good at. We can talk on Slack. We can have this events, which is we are trying to kind of do more and more at this point. But that synergy used to get when they kind of come together, maybe have a something to eat or maybe something to kind of have a coffee, drinks, whatever. They, they just open up like having a discussion, some common interests and try, start talking about mm-hmm. something, some common problem to share. And that's the part we are still missing, like how we can do that. Mm-hmm. So You're not uh, the only ones. It's interesting right, yeah. as you were talking about this, because I feel like well, during this process, it's not a secret uh, that I've been facilitating live meetings still for specifically our customers with essential services but I've worked with two teams that hired new executives or new team members, like you're saying during COVID where no one had met in person until we did these live meetings. And it's really weird, right? Cause we were talking about the fact that if this continues for a long time and or post COVID, the workplace doesn't come back to the way it was before, whatever that means, right. whether it was a distributed team or not, that we could get to the point where the world could have more workplaces with people who have never met people and may never meet people in person or their clients in person. And I know by the way, that this for some industries and for people, that's just the way they've always operated. But to your point, Vimal, most of us, that's not been the way we've operated, right? So fundamental principles like trust, you said it, right? And transparency. We were all programmed, if you will, that our paradigm was, you know, to trust people, it had to look and feel a certain way. And I do think that's kind of been taken away from us. So I was going to ask you the question, like, who's running India? Like, who, who is your leader in India? And did you know them before? Like, how? Because that's, you know, far away. <laughs> uh, feels far away to me. Sorry, Karuna and Vimal. I know you're <laughs> for you guys might not feel as far around the corner. It's only a mere 20 hour flight. It's easy. <laughs> um, no, we have a gentleman, na- gentleman named Hardik. Uh, of course, uh, I knew him for a long time and now Azad knows him for a long time as well. He has been running the operation there. But not besides that, we have a really great leaders who is helping kind of run that operation, who is helping Hardik, who is helping us kind of run that operation. And we have worked with them Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, like the relationship starts by the very first time meeting with them. And then, you know, like he, he is a trustworthy person, like he is kind of really good on delivering, kind of keep on going after what the task you assign them, they get it done or they, they are the problem solver. That's the right way to kind of put this. Mm-hmm. And same thing with running off a office operation, we are kind of using them as a problem solver. Like, let's mm-hmm. figure it out. How are we going to get people and everything? And of course, Hardik has a lot of responsibility but he definitely uses everyone's help over there. And we have, we have a bunch of leaders over there who have worked with us in the past, we've worked with Hardik yep. in the past, and we have been kind of thankful for kind of their help there. We have, we have a team member who worked for Vimal and I at MySpace, yep. who went back to India probably now about seven, eight years ago. Um, and she was one of the first people we called to see if she would work with us. And usually, um, I don't know if you know this, Chris, it's, it's a two month period to hire somebody full time in India because they have to give two months notice on like US. Um, 
she was like, that. I'm done. She's like, I'll, <laughs> I'll do it within a week. And it was just incredible. We haven't had anybody, we've had some people do it within a month, but it's very rare. Mm-hmm. Um, she was like, I just need one week. Like I'll start. And, and that's the kind of, I mean, and a lot of that is because we have built, a lot of our team members come with us from different companies. Um, yeah, you've got built-in relationships, right? Yeah. So the trust is already there and yeah. Uh, we have a gentleman that I worked with. I'm trying to think, I think it was like 97 to 98 to 2001 He's with us. Obviously, Vamal and I go back to 2005, but um, you know, from Spotrunner days, there's probably about seven, eight, nine of us from Spotrunner days. And by the way, that's been, we did a survey internally um, that's been pointed out to us and we're trying to correct it. Our own team members said, hey, there's a lot of company clicks and they only notice it in the jokes that happen. So right. like, we'll be like, oh, you know, we'll make some kind of joke that happened at Spotrunner or at MySpace days or even at Access days that somebody who hasn't worked with us in the last, you know, pr- uh, b- before the five-year period, um, they, they don't know what we're talking about. They don't understand the joke. So right. we, and uh, this is specifically to Vamal and I and a few of the executives, we're consciously are like, okay, we cannot make those jokes that are on Slack because we're not sitting in the same room. That's right. not going to make sense to anybody else. So right. you're constantly trying to do course corrections as the team member is trying team members are trying to do course corrections just to have like a um, harmonious environment where we can all work. Yeah, you know, what's interesting about uh, the the scenario of today where Chris said uh, pretty soon there'll be a time when most teams, team members haven't met each other, et cetera, because of what's happening with COVID. I mean, I remember when I was in-house at a couple of the companies and we had international offices and Azat, you may have some memory of this as well, I would walk in and, or I'd take a flight and go to either a London office or some Asian office. And they would say, they've never met anybody from the US, their own manager from the US and all of that. And there was, you know, there'd be a weekly staff call, but there was no relationship because it was completely separate, even though these offices existed. And we all tried to do our best to kind of change that and break that. And now I feel like, oh, now we're going back to, I know we're in that environment now, right? We're being forced to, nobody has to get on, nobody can get on a plane to, you know, to go. Yeah. I I mean, I, I had different feelings about that in the past and I still have the same feelings today. I mean, I, um, and Vamal knows this, um, at access or, um, even in my previous jobs, I traveled a lot to my teams. So, at Access, I had a team in Montreal, one in Cleveland, one in Denver, and then a couple of small ones, and then obviously LA. And Vamal ran LA, and I trusted him to run everything about LA. I mean, I would get involved here and there, but he didn't need me for any of that. So every month I spent two weeks in Montreal and one week either in Denver or Cleveland. And I did that for three years. I mean, I had, gosh, like four or 500,000 uh, United I remember, I remember this time. company. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's just, I like, you know, sitting in a room, hearing the problems. And if yeah. you're like, I've never, even when access, they somewhat forced me to sit in an office. 
my door was always open and the engineering team was right outside my door and I could hear things and it allowed me to hear something that was happening and yep. um, act on it to get rid of that barrier so that they could keep marching forward. And I think um, at some point, you know, yes, Slack does give you some of that, but it's not the same. Correct. So I do think at some point, I'm not saying in the next few months, but probably in the next year or so, we'll go back to an office environment and there will be some benefits. Totally, totally understand why um, companies want to go virtual because it opens up a world of hiring that if you're an LA-based company, you didn't have a year ago, right? Um, Now you can hire someone in Kansas or someone in Denver or someone in Cleveland and have an awesome team. Uh, so there's that benefit. In our case, I mean, I was asked this last week. Um, if a person from out of state can be 100% remote, it's hard for me to say yes, not because I don't trust them, not because I don't think I can communicate with them, just being software consultants and trying to be what I said in that beginning, the trusted advisors for our clients. The minute our clients say, hey, we want to go back to the office, and we want you guys to be sitting with us in the room, I need that person to be able to go and sit in the yeah. room. So that's the part that I'm struggling with. It's not the remote. The remote I can manage mm-hmm. if I was a traditional software development shop or you know, any kind of a company that needed technology. In, in, in our specific field, it's harder to say, yes, you can be 100% remote 100% yeah. of the time. For sure, yeah. 100%. Um, look, I know we don't have a ton of time. I feel like we could do a whole session probably with the two of you because we didn't even get to like, I want to talk about gender because I know oh. uh, <laughs> what are your uh, topics I know, right? This is, <laughs> well, you know, I have, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a completely different. And Vamal and I have talked about this so much. We're trying to help a professor who's trying to build a technology for hiring to remove some of the mm. preconceived notions that especially we have in 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 engineering unfortunately mm. uh, but yeah there is definitely some ageism some sexism and some yes um yeah there's problems in in i mean it's in every field but we see it a bunch in our in our fields comes from the past of the broism culture and it's changing, but it's still, some of it is still there, mm-hmm. obviously. And I think you've been on multiple boards. You walk in and, you know, they might have a token woman or two or three, but it's mostly just white men, 45 to whatever. Um, and it needs to change. But yes, that's a def- definitely different topic that we can discuss for hours and hours. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think it's a, I mean, I brought it up and like I said, we, we can schedule more time to talk about this because I, I actually believe that it's, Karuna and I have been talking a lot. In fact, we interviewed with a, a consultant who integrates diversity, inclusion, equity into strategic planning and into things because we really believe, I'll speak for myself, that the future is that we need to integrate into leadership development not see it as a problem to solve outside of everything else, right? Like it needs to be a conversation. And I mean, today we're talking about teams and for us, you know, 
business is done in teams, right? Relationships with people that are working in teams, whether they're an intact team or a bunch of little teams, like, like your people might be on different projects together. Um, you know, so how are we going to solve these big complex problems? Well, we're probably going to solve them on the teams, right? Yep. Like that's where real life happens. Yeah. So, I mean, and yeah. that's where the power is, right? Yeah. Us individually are not going to be able to solve. That's right. The problems it's it's the team that's going to be able to solve the problem and the team does need to be inclusive of everything like if i remember like about a year ago and i'm not going to name the brand but a famous watch brand i love watches a famous watch brand had a photo of their um board members uh, on facebook and i put a stupid little comment that I probably should not have, but I was like, um, this board needs to have a little bit more color and um, females represented there. And I got so much hate mail from different people who, you know, they were like, oh, if it's the best board for that company, then it should be, you know, what it is. And I was like, yeah, but you don't know if it's the best board if you don't have African-American people there. How is this white person Right. gonna know what the African-American person or the Latino person wants in watches. And it was, I mean, that was like at a very superficial level, obviously, but um, you know, if you're a large company and you don't have a diverse, forget the board, diverse management layer and whatnot, you're not gonna be able to solve the problems for every, all your clients. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's, I'm, I'm super passionate about this, obviously. <laughs> and I can talk about it like nonstop you, forever. <laughs> you, you should be. And I was just witnessing, I'm looking here and I'm like, look, I'm the only uh, like born American person here. <laughs> I'm happy to say that the three of you are truly international. And I actually, the way I, I, I've said this to you, Azad and Vimal, if you have a different viewpoint, um, but Karun and I talk about this all the time. I actually think the best teams should be concerned about a global viewpoint, right? Global citizen viewpoint that we have to move beyond gender and sex and age, right? The, the ones that we focus on a lot here, and by the way, I'm not saying we shouldn't, but I'm just saying, I can't wait till we get to the other part of this. Like, yeah, you know, I agree. every organization is in some way, it, even if you're not a global international company, you're selling, most people are selling now into the international market. And how can yep. you do that if you don't have international representation in your leadership, right? Like- No, I agree, duh. 100%. And, yeah. And, and by going like uh, this remote, it's gonna put you right next to someone in right. other side of the world. Like there is no barrier at this yeah. point. Technology connects everything. There used to be like, oh, if you are in Los Angeles, oh, I need you. Not anymore because right. everyone is kind of on the, just a screen away. So, yep. Yeah, totally true. Everybody's just a screen away. I'm gonna, that should be a t-shirt, but all my after this. Or, uh, um, I, that went by really too fast, actually. I know, it did. Um, so I feel like we need a part two, um, but I want to be respectful of your time. Um, but before we close, any, anything that we didn't ask you um, as you were thinking about today that you wanted to make sure we covered? Otherwise, we can save it for part two, of course. No, I mean, I'm 100% open to part two and part three. Or whatever. Awesome! <laughs> as, I love as, that. As, it could be a monthly absolutely. series. Your, your clients should know. I've I've had 
Um, I've worked with Chris and Karuna at three different companies. So I don't know if I just don't learn or I just do <laughs> or whatever it is, but every single place, some executives like, you need an executive coach. Let's talk to Chris. <laughs> so, that's it's so it's ongoing learning. Learner. There you go. It is <laughs> ongoing learning. Well said. Yes, but I am, I'm definitely open to doing um, whatever, you know, whatever things you want to talk about. Um, I, I know I talk a lot and I apologize, but I'm always open to talking more if people want to hear me. <laughs> that's great <laughs> Vamal anything else you want to say before we uh we just pause this and, until another day no definitely um uh, I'm always ready for part two part three this is really fun uh, interacting with you thank you for inviting me here but yes looking forward to next part okay great um well then I'm just gonna say thank you Karuna do you want to close us up uh yeah, well, yeah, I look, thank you guys for the time. I know you guys are busy and have lots of other real work going on. So we, we both appreciate you actually making the time to have this conversation and then uh, offering to do more of it. So can't wait. I think it's fantastic. And I look forward to part two. So thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Same here. Thank you. All right. All you right. take care. Bye guys. Okay, bye. 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 bye.